Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, now we have another club update, this time with Crystal Palace. We're going to have Jay from the Eagles Beacon talking to us about everything that's been happening with Balassi and Yedinak in their first week, and we'll preview a little bit of that Crystal Palace Spurs match, which the two of us are uniquely qualified to discuss. Jay, we'll start off with the Yannick Bellassi departure. A lot of fans seemingly and rationally thinking that the money that was offered was too much to say no. What are your thoughts on that move? Yeah, hi, Kev. It's great to be back on uh, on the show. Yeah, the Bellassi deal. It's been it's kind of been on the cards for maybe a couple of weeks. It's rumored a little while ago that Everson were interested. And to be honest, you know. Palace fans have probably seen the reaction on social media is uh, is the fact that yeah, the money's too good to turn down. But it'd be really interesting to see how he does at Everton because quite a different club. You know, Palace bought him for about 300000 I think it was, from Bristol City a few years ago. He was their young player of the year that season. Um, Dougie Friedman, who was in charge at the time, who actually bought a few players, same as Miele Yednak, Joel Ward, um, bought a few players in before he left for Bolton um, in that season that we actually ended up being promoted. Um, Yannick Balassio is one of them. Very raw, talented winger, always skillful, always liked to, to run with the ball. And, and, and he's kind of got to a point in his career at Palace now where he's got himself to a stage where he's, late, he's in his later 20s, and he's still doing a lot of the, you know, a lot of similar things. He's still doing the tricks, as as you saw at Tottenham a couple of seasons ago. Kev, you probably saw that. Um, <laughs> and and he and he loves to take on the fullback. He loves to take on the players. And he's starting to become a little bit more direct in that he cuts in a lot more. Um, but as a Palace fan, is he worth twenty five million? I think a lot of us have probably said no. He's not because he's inconsistent. He's fantastic because when he picks up the ball, he gets you on the edge of your seat. You know, sometimes you're standing to watch in, in expectation of what he can do because we know what he can do, but he doesn't do it enough. Um, takes on a fullback's great, beats the fullback, but sometimes comes back again to try and beat the fullback again, or maybe somebody's not in the area. But I think his goal scoring record speaks for, speaks for itself: nine goals in the Premier League in, in in what three three seasons, which isn't a great return for for a player who has had his stint as a number 10 role behind the striker, has played alongside the main striker on, you know, on occasions as well, um, better out wide. I'll be interested to see how he does at Everton because obviously as a Palace fan, we've seen him grow from that player from Bristol City. I think he gets a bit more, uh, you know, a bit more grace from Palace fans in that, you know, that's, that's what's happened. We've seen him grow. But as a £25 million player going to a big club like Everton, you know they're they're kind of a sleeping giant ever tonight, Nick. So, you know they're a team from the eighties who 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 won the league and were successful in Europe. 
still trying to find those or recapture those uh, you know success, you know successful days and Blasi on his day can do that but whether the fans are getting his back if he's if he if he falls into that trap of not being consistent or not or whether he fri- fri- he might actually thrive on the fact that you know the expectation is is a little more there so he goes to Everton with our best wishes it's a shame he's going because he's one of those he's, he's an enigmatic winger he you know he's, you, you kind of expect him to you know to turn it on uh, and then and then he doesn't and he treads on the ball it, it, he's so he's so one or the other um a lot of the time but it, it, it is a shame because he always plays a smile on his face look like he's enjoying his football we've seen him grow into an international player for uh dr congo which is fantastic he's represented his country uh in the african nations cup um but you know 25 million it could increase to 30 million over time i think that's too big a deal to turn down Plus the fact that we have quite a few wingers at the club. We already bought Andros Townsend in the summer. There was a lot of questions about how we're going to fit all those players in. Jason Punch and Wilf Zaha, um, and, um, Yannick Balassi. We've got Bakary Sacco as well, who's currently injured. But we've also got a young guy coming through the academy who's very highly rated in Sully Kaikai. So we'll see if you know we, we've sacrificed Yannick Balassi to get a striker in, which is the area on the pitch that we really need to really need to focus on. But we wish Belassi well. Like I say, it's a shame because I, I enjoy watching him um, you know, playing for Palace, but I guess all good things have to come to an end at some time. Hmm. Yeah, we'll get back to the striker thing in a moment, but there's another departure that's happened just before we started recording, which is Mila Jednak has left the club and is headed to Aston Villa. He hasn't really featured in your first team in a while now, but a lot of fans seem to be upset by his departure. Talk about that one a little bit, if you would. Yeah, I think this one's hurt a little bit more than Yannick Balassi leaving, which it, which might sound a bit odd to to opposition fans, you know, from the outside looking in. Mili has been a stalwart at Palace since he joined us from uh, from a Turkish club in I think it was 2011. Again, signed by Dougie Friedman the season we were. Uh, I think it was the season before we were promoted actually. Um, but he he was our captain. He's been our club captain for a while. Um, didn't really feature a lot in the first team last season. He was never going to be a first choice in in Pardew's, um first eleven because of the players like Kabai and Macarthur playing in a in a defensive midfield role. Um, but he kind of he, he came back from injury midway through last season, had a spell out or lost his place, then had a spell out injured, and then he came back and you know we found that you know with with Kabai missing some games and Ledley missing games, Macarthur was out for a couple of months. He found his place back in the team, and he actually played really well. The biggest question about Mila Jednak is you, you, is his passing. His range of passing is very limited in in terms of his ability in that way. He's kind of an enforcer. If anybody watches ice hockey, as I know you do, Kev, he's one of those players that should just go around protecting our skillful players and just winning the ball back and laying it off to somebody who can pass the ball, do something with it. You know, there has been an odd occasion where he has, you know, you know, done a, done a really good pass, but that's not, that's not his skill at all. <clears throat> it's a real shame because he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's a, he's a proper Palace player. He, he's connected with the fans in the whole time he's been at Palace and he's got a great beard and, you know, we're losing a great beard from Palace. It's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a real lovely, shame. Though. Well, so. we still got Joe Ledley, who is a bearded <laughs> genius, but um, it, it, I think it, there's, there's an image of Jednak at the end of the cup final last last season um, in tears, and I think that just kind of goes with the whole Palace and how the Palace fans feel about him and how he feels about the Palace fans. I think it says a lot that he hasn't gone to another Premier League club. Um, he's going to the Championship, he's going to Villa. No offence to Villa, but they're in a Championship. <clears throat> if If he was worth... 
you know, if he was good enough to still be in the Premier League, I'm sure a Premier League club would have come in for him. Um, sadly, I think that says everything about, um, you know, what, what's what's happening at Palace. And I think some players, like I mentioned before, good things have to come to an end. If all our players are fit, he's not going to get a first-team place. At his age, he's 32, he's going to want first-team football. So it does make a lot of sense to me. It doesn't mean to say I'm not sad about it, but... Um, he's had a great, you know, he's had a great spell at Palace, a great time, and even the beginning of last season when he was in a team, a lot of fans are saying he's not Premier League quality anymore. Um, but he he did a stint when he came back in the side and uh, and led us at the FA Cup final against United, which we unfortunately lost. I mentioned, um, but that's one of the iconic images of uh, of Jednak at the end of that game. Uh, you know, applauding the fans and and, and very sort of teary eyed and and welling up as you know any any footballer would do losing a final of that stature but it is a shame I, I'm 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 quite gutted as much as the next person but you know we have to strive to achieve more in the Premier League you know last season it was a real shot across the bows for us in terms of you know what could happen I mean we we, we could have gone down last season quite easily with that terrible second half of the season so um, you know, some decisions have to be made and we'll just have to see what other decisions are made between now and the end of the transfer window. It's, it's just under a couple of weeks to go before that happens and I'm, I'm confident that the club are going to do what they need to do to get players over the line ready for us to um, get going in the Premier League, really. Yeah, well, you've you kind of given me a double segue, which is super nice. You brought up forwards earlier, now talking about uh, having replacements and stuff coming in. Christian Benteke is a big name forward obviously a position that needs to be strengthened for you do you think the Benteke deal gets done do you think you're going for someone else or do you think you could just run out of time this window well I hope it's not the latter I hope we don't run out of time because we do need people in having lost Yednak having lost Dwight Gale we sold Dwight Gale to to Newcastle for 10 million um that was that was completely separate to the Townsend deal so we've lost uh, Adebayor, obviously, left in the season. You know, we, five players left the club as well, Hangler. And so we we have spaces in the squad to fill. Um, at the moment, we only have one recognised striker that's fit, which is Connor Wickham. Fraser Campbell is our only other recognised striker. Some Palace fans will probably laugh at that comment, but uh, he, he's, he's currently injured. So other than that, we're, we're looking, delving into, you know, some of the youth team players, which isn't ideal for a Premier League side. So... There are spaces available in the squad and the club do need to get players in across the line before the transfer window finishes. I have to say, we did start the window very well. We brought Steve Mandanda in, which was you know, a, a very established goalkeeper, highly you know, rated after his stint at Marseille. You know, he, was, he, was, he was at Marseille for over 10 years, uh, captain for, for a large proportion of that. And uh, just, just seeing the Marseille fans on social media after after his time for Palace you know, says a lot about you know what he could potentially bring to Palace. And that was another problem position for us last season. So we'll see how that works out. James Tompkins comes in from West Ham United. And, and obviously I mentioned um, Andros Townsend. So those three signings were in a short space of time of each other, which is very unlike Palace. We normally kind of go through a transfer window and it's normally deals later on the window as, as the kind of getting to the point, that similar kind of point now. The Benteke deal is an interesting one. It's been going on for weeks. It, it seems to be um, a bit of a saga now, but whether it's a case of us trying to work out a deal, the closer we get to the end of the transfer window, Liverpool sound like they want to get rid of him before the end of the transfer window, but do they really? Because they've turned down the latest offer, which I think is 23 million plus 7 million add-ons, which includes 
uh, a bonus if Palace get to the Champions League, which I'm not sure quite how realistic that might be. But uh, you know, clubs have to you know clubs have to think about these things. You know, it could Benteke be that kind of player who would make us strive to become that that team that pushes the top six? Who knows? Benteke, I think you know if we play him like Villa did. You know, before Liverpool, or, or what encouraged Liverpool to to buy him? You know, with wingers, we've got wingers, we've got talent out wide, putting in box, you know, balls into the box for Benteke to to thrive on. I think will probably work really well. That hasn't really worked to Liverpool. They don't really play a system. They don't really play wingers. That's why, for me, Benteke has failed at Liverpool because they don't play to his strengths. And I think Palace would probably do that. Is he worth the thirty million that Liverpool want their money back for? Questionable because you know. As we've seen before, he didn't have a very good season last season for Liverpool. Surely his stock falls over that period of time, just like it does in fantasy football. Surely you can't pay the same amount of money for a player who, who's just come off a really bad season. But, you know, Liverpool obviously want their money back. So we'll see let's see how long Palace can be patient for, because the longer it goes on, you know, the closer we get to the end of the transfer window, we're, we're desperate for another striker, at least one more striker to come in um, to challenge Wickham as the main man. Um, Campbell, he's not going to have many starts this season, if any at all, really. I just read earlier on today that uh, Championship side are, are interested in taking him um, you know, on loan from Palace. So uh, there's obviously some work, you know, some some deals going on behind the scenes to get players in. Like Remy was mentioned again today. Even Peter Crouch was mentioned today. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the striker role is one that we probably need to... Uh, focus on at the moment but midfield losing Yenak we do have cover there but MacArthur's been out injured um, do we replace a Blassie well we probably have quite a lot of uh, wide players and I would really like to see Sully Kaikai our academy guy have have a chance this season not so much in, in the way of starting games but come off the bench see if he really has it in the Premier League might be a bit of a gamble but you know with Townsend and Wilf Zaha either side that that'd be our main choice um, and then we'll see what, what else uh, Pardew brings the other one is um, mentioned is Sissoko uh, from Newcastle who had a fantastic Euros um, but had a terrible season for Newcastle mm. just like any other Newcastle player did last season so um, so that would be an interesting one of course as well but um, but yeah I think there's plenty of work still to be done for Palace between now and the end of the transfer window Alright uh, now getting into actual football instead of just players <laughs> and stuff uh, you did play West Brom opening weekend not many people offering you many compliments on your performance in that one uh, what were your thoughts on that match? Yeah it, first half I must say I mean the atmosphere again you know as you expect from Palace was electric to start with you know the start of a new season all the hopes and dreams and then they were dashed we played West Brom at home as you mentioned we actually played pretty well in the first half. Andros Townsend looked lively on his debut. Wolf, the other side, got into the game a bit. The one player we did miss, as I mentioned earlier, was James MacArthur. We really did miss him. We didn't start with Kabaye because of his commitments to uh, to the Euros of France during the summer. So he, he started on the bench. Blassie was on the bench as well, ahead of his pending departure to, uh, to Everton. So, you know, we weren't full strength, but I felt that this was a, first 11 including Chung Young Lee who actually played well for us I thought um, he'd be on the way uh, this summer um, you know I thought he'd be moving somewhere else but it's uh, he's managed to stick around and he, and he played well for me uh, on Saturday but kind of as, as the game wore on I think West Brom had one chance in the first half which Hennessy saved really well 
Um, but as the game went on, you could see what was going to happen, and, and West Brom got that free kick, or a corner, I think it was actually that the goal came from, with about 15, 16 minutes to go. And we just kind of a lack of ideas for the last 15, 20 minutes that we had to try and get back in the game. We really struggled. And I mentioned before we came on the pod that the last thing that Pardew wanted was to start the season with a loss. And that's exactly what's happened in pretty much exactly the same way we were losing games the second half of last season. I mean, 2016 has been absolutely horrendous for us in terms of league form. Yes, we got to the cup final. We had a great run to the cup final, just missed out in the final at Wembley. But 2016 has been absolutely horrendous for us. I haven't got the stats in front of me, but I think there's only been a couple of wins in the Premier League. And just that first half of last season really kept us up, to be honest. How you know, the exceptional form up until Christmas was was unbelievable. Um and it turned out that, that was gonna be uh, that was gonna be just enough to keep us up last season. So that was a real shot across the bowels for us and, and and we needed to start the season well this 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 time around. But as we saw last season, quite a few teams came to Palace and defended hard, defended well, got a goal and and ended up going away back home with, with three points. I think Sunderland was one team that did it to us last season. Um, and West Brom have done it to us again. We seem to find it very difficult to break teams down um, at home. It's different if teams come to us, you know, bigger teams. We seem to play well against them because they come out and attack and they're probably favourites to, to, to win. So obviously Tony Pulis did a job on us. Um, can't take anything away from West Brom. They, they went home with the three points to kick off a new season. Um, they've had a bit of turmoil what with the new ownership and I think they've only signed one player in the summer which um, isn't ideal from their perspective but um, but they did enough to get the win it, it says a lot when they play four centre-backs across the back line on Saturday against us um, and we didn't get much joy out of them although I did mention that Townsend and, and, and Wilf Zaha were were bright on occasions but I think they um, I think they're a little bit greedy and instead of kind of having a shot themselves which you like to see players have shots but you know Wickham's kind of a little bit too isolated and while he worked hard he wasn't really getting any service so we kind of paid a penalty for that and you know I did mention before the pod that, you know, Pardew is probably under pressure again now uh, for that loss. And it sounds ridiculous. It really does sound ridiculous after one game. But if you watch that game and you watched how he played the end of last season or, 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 or since the start of 2016, it's a very similar loss to what we saw then. And it kind of brings back a lot of memories to Palace fans and thinking, you know, it's just carrying on from where we were before. So in that respect, I think Pardew is under a little bit of pressure, um, however bizarre that might sound um, after one game. You know, difficult because we were missing the likes of goodbye. Mandanda didn't start, which I think Mandanda will end up being our first team, first choice goalkeeper. Uh, and also James Tompkins, I think, will end up replacing Delaney. So there's still a bit of transition going on. And Pardew said that um, in the build-up to the new season, there will be transition this season because of some players coming in and out. Um, and obviously that's the case with Balassi and Yednak gone. They're two big big names for us and have been around you know two two of the players that were in the in the promotion season you know and not many Premier League teams could probably boast um you know so many players that got them up promoted uh, was it three three seasons ago now so um so yeah uh, the transition I'm not overly worried at the moment but I'm interested to see what we do in the transfer window between now and the end of it um so we can get back on track and and uh, get some points on the board all right, well, in terms of getting points on the board, you're facing, <laughs> dare I say, the mighty Tottenham Hotspur at the weekend. <laughs> From your side, what are you looking at in this match? Well, I think there'll be a few changes to the first 11. 
I'm pretty certain that Kabai will start this game. I'm not sure about the goalkeeper situation because Hennessy wasn't too bad against West Brom. And I'm I'm really intrigued to know how that's going to work out between Hennessy and Mandanda because I, I, I've read uh, suggestions that Hennessy has been being offered a new contract at Palace. So... Um, and also Speroni's actually signed a one-year deal and he's clearly going to be the third-choice keeper. But um, I, I, I have no doubt that Mandanda's come to Palace to be number one. Um, that, that's why it's been bought. So um, I, I'll have to wait and see if Hennessy's happy to uh, to be that number two. Um, Tomkins won't start, but I think that's only a matter of time for he replaces Delaney because I think Delaney's not getting any younger. Um, but yeah, Scott Dan's the new captain. Marshalled the defence pretty well on Saturday, actually. Um, first game of the season. It's difficult to know what to expect, isn't it? But um, I don't think MacArthur's going to be fit for this one, unfortunately. But that's the one player that I want us to have back in the side. Uh, Wickham obviously going to start up front, even if we get somebody in between now and Saturday. They're, they're not going to sign in time for uh, for this game, for sure. And without Balassi, it's going to be Townsend and, and Zaha out wide uh, working their magic. So, obviously, Yednat played on Saturday, which... Uh, we need somebody to come in for him, uh, which I think, like I mentioned, would probably be Kabai who will come in and start this one. Uh, and Kabai, we missed a bit of uh, bit, a bit of that skill, a bit of that talent in the midfield to to be able to spray the ball around. So I'm hoping for a little bit more of an accomplished performance. And I have to say, playing away from home does suit us a little bit more because teams uh, will will come out and play against us, and and we can hit teams on the break with with the pace we have in the side. So. I'm I'm rather hopeful that we can catch Spurs at a point early point in the season where they're not quite up to speed yet. Uh, very similar to us, got a few players, you know, from the uh, played in the Euros in the summer. Um, so I'm hoping that we can get a point out of this one uh, and kind of bounce back from from that uh, that horrible defeat on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, good luck. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you haven't got Bala- you haven't got Balassi to worry about doing the tricks and and, and skills against mm. Ericsson this time. So which which Everyone is a shame. Everyone forgets that Ericsson turned him at the opposite end of the pitch like five <laughs> minutes before that because Balassi accidentally invented a new skill. Everybody completely <laughs> forgot about it. Ericsson did the dummy against him that he uh, used to do at Ajax all the time, where he pretends he's about to cross and just drags it through the legs. Nobody talks about that. It's weird. <laughs> it, it, it is weird but you, you mentioned you hit an eye on the head there when Balassi accidentally did that sometimes you see him do these things and think did he really mean that and I'm I, not saying I think that often now. the answer I'm not, is I'm not, no <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that now because he's left Palace and gone to Everton I, I wish him all the best but uh, sometimes you just don't know what he's going to do you really don't and um, that's what intrigues me a bit about watching him playing for Everton mm. how much, however much it hurts seeing him play for another team in the Premier League and no doubt against us but uh, right. but we'll see yeah alright uh, if I had to press you for uh, an actual score for the weekend I'm going to go for a one all. Okay, all right. Um, we have had a lot of uh, Kane goals against you lately. Uh, yes. And then obviously the Della Ali one last year was, yeah. was something special. Uh, do you think Mondanda does get the start yet? I know he's on a, this like low, long road back from the final. <sighs> yeah, uh, for me, I would. I, I think our team needs something a bit different. I don't think Hennessy is that commanding goalkeeper we we saw him so much last season and even in the euros i don't i don't think he was particularly commanding for wales he didn't play badly don't get me wrong um but he's not that kind of keeper i think we need a goalkeeper that takes control um and mandanda is that kind of keeper just seeing how he's played for 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 marseille in the past yeah he was captain he was a goalkeeper and he was captain for marseille there's something about him which says you know 
don't get in his way. Do what do what he tells you to do. And I think that's exactly what we need in goal for us. Whether he's whether he's on his slow road back from the Euros, which uh, that, I'm not quite sure why these players aren't playing for their clubs now. I know, I know they you know play in the Euros. Mandanda didn't actually play in the Euros. Um, he obviously didn't have a holiday, but he's training week in week out. You know, Kabaya's come back and Mandanda's come back and Pardew's saying they're not fit. Very similar to, you know, a lot of other players, you know, around. I mean, Lloris played for Tottenham at the weekend. I know he got injured, um, but Ozil was missing and, uh, and Koscielny was missing for us. It, it seems a little bit odd for me, but I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here. Um, for me, I'd have Mandanda in goal because I think there's something about him which we really want at the back uh, for us. You know, he, I think he's that commanding keeper that would give us just a little bit extra I really do. Um, hopefully he starts against Spurs. Um, I've got nothing against Hennessy um, other than a couple of mistakes he made last season, which are, which are very well talked about. But um, I, I think we we need to freshen things up a little bit. You know, with a couple of new signings, we've only had Townsend start for us so far out of the three that we've made. Um, so bringing Mandanda in and uh, Tompkins, I don't think it's going to be fit yet either because he got an injury in pre-season. So, um, yeah, I want to see Mandanda starting. I want to, I want Pardew to make a statement like he did a lot start of last season. He started with Alex McCarthy in goal because he was his signing, goalkeeper signing. Didn't turn out that great because he's obviously moved on to another club now. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Mandanda play for us. All right. Uh, well, that'll do it for us. Uh, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you? Yeah, sure. I'm editor of TheEaglesBeat.com, Palace fan site. Not just Palace, we do a lot of extra stuff as well. Just a football fan site, but mostly talk about Palace as as you will find out. But head on over, TheEaglesBeat.com. We're on all social media platforms, but I'm mostly on Twitter, so you can get me there at TheEaglesBeak. All right, well, thanks for uh, joining us on this, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. Cheers, Kev. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.